know that I have a sweet tooth. And uh, some, sometimes I go on a feeding frenzy, but I think I've got it under control now. Unless, of course, you've baked another batch of brownies. Angela, this is about Nick. He's been eating brownies, too? Angela, he's dying. <gasps> I ate 26 of them! He's not dying from brownies, he's dying from death. Oh, oh, you, you mean he's really dying? Yeah, so look, I hope it's okay with you, but I told him he could stay here. Oh, of course. Oh, my word, what are we going to do? Angela, you gotta be strong and act like you don't know nothing. I can do that. And, hey, Nick made me promise not to tell anyone, so you gotta promise you ain't gonna tell no one either. I won't, I promise. Okay. Oh, mother, Nick is dying! Is it <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to... Oh, hey. Hey, yo. This is the Boss Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Except that one's the other way around. Again, I know O A A O. Yeah, but I thought it was. I thought we should use it. Yeah. Episode. Oh yeah. No, it's fantastic, and it's crystal clear. It's yeah. nice and isolated, but I don't know. We named this podcast wrong thing, but it is too late. <laughs> <We named it>. <laughs> so <laughs> well, that's not true. Maybe, yeah, maybe we, we did. Do. There are some A O O A's. And uh, just so everybody knows at home, as soon as we started this podcast, the cats started fighting in the living room. Of course. Only as soon as we started. Right. So if you hear weird noises, that's why. I'm Tori. I'm Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) We are here to rewatch and discuss every single episode of Who's the Boss? And And we're still going. We are. We are on episode 19. Wow. We're racing towards the finish line of season one. And I'm getting a little nervous because... So the Roku channel dot com took off three and f- season three and four and added seasons five and six. So at this point, Amazon Prime still has seasons one and two and three through Crackle. Right. But I am getting so, really nervous that they're going to take down seasons one and two soon. Right. And it will air locally on Antenna TV soon. Yeah. Starting October 5th. Well, you're saying they'll be edited episodes yeah so a lot of the syndicated ones are edited to add more commercials and they cut out really cute stuff a lot of the time so we're gonna have to figure out a different way to watch this show and and there's no way to get a dvd so they're they only ever released the dvd of season one and they never released any other seasons so we'll see we'll figure it out okay now if anybody out there can help us (laughs) I mean, seriously. <laughs> Leave us a voicemail. <laughs> Leave us a voicemail. No, I'm the only one who's left a voicemail, and you don't want to yes. hear it. Kevin tested out the voice message. Yeah, we wanted to make sure it was working, because <laughs> nobody's, nobody's said anything. Well, so I talked to my mom today. Well, you never know. She's our biggest fan, and she said that she tried to leave a voice message because she wanted to ha- put in some input about a previous episode. And she couldn't get it to work. But And when I try to test it, it knows that it's me. And so it's like, ha-ha, you can't leave a voice message for yourself. Go away. Yeah, unless your mother tried to do it in some other format. Maybe it, her computer or something. Yeah, I don't know if she tried it on her computer or her phone. But um, she's listening, so anyway, we love you, Mom. Yeah. Okay, so we are going to review episode 19, which is Tony's father-in-law. This episode first aired on March 5th, 1985. And the TV Guide summary says, Tony assumes his mooching father-in-law wants to spend his last weeks with Samantha because he's dying. (laughs) That's all you got, people. I know. That was the TV Guide. So, when this episode opens, Angela is cleaning some plates. Yeah. Some china. How many... Go ahead. No, but first of all, she's like drying dishes, but she's in the... But what is she doing? Just clean, like so cleaning them, wiping them. It appears that she's like, du- like wiping off good china because they have someone coming for dinner. Oh, okay. and so, but what is? What are the plates behind her? That's not the good china. I don't know because the are she's those? like wiping off red plates, right? Which we've never seen before. So, yeah, and her she's in her casual outfit of her comfy clothes. Yeah. Of a button-down shirt, popped collar. Polo. A polo. Oh, is it a button-down or polo? No, I think it's button-down. And, and like, these Mm. little culotte 
type shorts. Oh, yeah, it is buttoned down. You're yes. right. Yes. But I love the little... And, and the shorts are four feet long <laughs> from our waist down. <laughs> I remember those shorts. Those were very popular shorts. Yeah. With the pleats? Yes. Yours the, had the pleats? Oh, yeah. Mine mm. had the pleats. And they came to like right above your knee. And then you wore the little scrunched down white socks with your kids. It was a whole look. And just when you think she's not comfortable enough, she's gone on her white kids right. with her white socks. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what everybody wears around the house. Right. <laughs> so Tony comes in with the kids. The kids were at swimming lessons. And he's like, what are you doing wiping down the good china? And she said... You know, we have somebody coming to dinner, your father-in-law. And she makes a reference to guess who's coming to dinner. And he says, I, you better say Sidney Poitier. Right. Which is a reference to, the, what year was that movie? I've never oh, seen this movie. Oh, there's a reference. What? Uh, there's a reference. Oh, yeah. This. Uh, I didn't know what, I just. It's the movie called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and it's from oh, okay. 1967. Okay. And it's about a young 23-year-old woman who returns from her vacation, brings home her fiancé, who is a black man, who is 37 years old. Hmm. And I've never seen this movie, and I'm actually really curious to watch it now because the movie is framed with the idea of, like, she's... The parents are liberal, but they're still like a little shocked that she's brought this man home and is marrying him. And I guess the story goes through and, you know, it's all resolved and everybody's happy at the end and the couple does get married. But I'm still curious to see this movie now through a 2020. Yeah, to see. To see if it's still like, I mean, I know they use outdated language, but I wonder if it would still be considered you know, quite racist, even though it was not intended to be. So I think I'm going to watch this. I'm curious now. So yeah. anyway, it is not Sidney Poitier who who plays the man, uh, the fiance. It is, in fact, Tony's father-in-law, who is Maria's dad. Yes. <laughs> but I forgot to mention, too, that when the kids come in from their swimming lesson, Jonathan says that Tony gave the lifeguard mouth-to-mouth to which Angela's like, oh, no, was she drowning? And Samantha's like, she would have been. She, she maybe could have if she was in the water. Right. So right. poor Samantha can't go anywhere without her dad hooking up. Right. With Making out with somebody. <laughs> the first woman he sees. I guess old lady Scranton got the boot because he's now making out with he's the lifeguard at the pool. Yeah. I know. And so, right. Which it's ridiculous. Right. So Tony wants to get the kids at. Go ahead. No, I guess that's just the stick. The shtick. Yeah. Tony wants to get the kids out of the living room so he can discuss this with Angela. So he tells them to go upstairs and take a bath. And um, so Angela's like, oh, I thought you would be happy. Like, you're always talking about how important family is. And he's like, I, it, I'm talking about my family, not my wife's family. And he go on, goes on to say that Marie's father was a mooch and, like, he's a liar and he's rude and he's insensitive and he puts sweet and low sweet in, his and low in his wine, <laughs> yeah. which is an egregious. I, I didn't know that was bad. I didn't know that was a thing. No, I know. I'm just kidding. Right. I know. <laughs> sweet. I mean, it didn't make any sense. Right. And maybe it was a thing back then. Maybe. Like wine wasn't sweet enough, so you put sweet, sweet but you don't want the extra calories, so you got to put the sweet and sweet low. Oh, okay. So now the dog and the cat are fighting. Okay. So he's like, that's fine. He can come for dinner, but nothing else. Right. Like, do not give him any indication that he can stay here because he will move in with us and you will not be able to get rid of him. So they decide to have dinner. Doorbell rings and it, Nick Milano is played by James Coco. Yes, so, tell us about James Coco. <laughs> you know I know. Now... James Coco is going to be in three episodes of Who's the Boss Total. Um, he was well known at the time for his stage work um, and television work. He'd been on a lot of series as mm -hmm. a character actor. Now, he died in 1987 at the age of 56 from a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And it was before he completed what would have been his full star story arc on Who's the Boss. So... We will see him in two more episodes. Oh, so that's a fact. 
Yes. That he, that he had more episodes. Well, I don't know that he necessarily... Oh, okay. I mean, like, they, they wrote an episode for him after he died to wrap up mm. his, you know, stint on this show. I don't know if they had episodes planned for him already to come back that would have been a different storyline or if maybe we wouldn't have seen Samantha's grandfather again or not for a while. But Mm -hmm. yes, I mean, he they wrote an episode after his death, which wrapped up his story. So. um, But yeah, it was a shock. Obviously, he was 56 years old, so I know young. Yeah. Um, So. When Grandpa Milano shows up, which is also funny that the last name is Milano. So I wonder if that was um, a little tribute to Alyssa Milano's family. And Tony's been saying how he's always poor, he's always broke and stuff. Right, which this part doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, well, because he's rich. Yeah, he comes in and he's like, how you doing? He's like, I'm rich. Right. <laughs> yeah. it's like, what? And, like, he's just, I don't know, you know, one of those slimy guys that wants to really show, show all the, you know, how better he is than everyone and mm-hmm. that he's making money. And, mm-hmm. so yeah, so he comes in, he claims he's rich. He goes on and on about how much everything costs. He shows up his, his suit shoes. suit is $500. Right. <laughs> to which Angela says, oh, Oscar De La Renta? <laughs> and he says, no, Nick Milano. <laughs> <laughs> which is incredible. Right. So he, he asks Tony who the skirt is and Tony's like this person is Angela and goes on to say that she runs her own advertising Who's company the skirt? right I know so classy and um, Nick's quite sexist towards Angela oh yeah of course but Nick's like well you know I mean that's great he's very proud of Tony for getting a woman who makes more money owns the house you know and is paying all the bills and, and all, looks great and all I can say is nice legs right <laughs> yeah. so Tony explains that he's actually her housekeeper and Nick's like oh back to being a loser right so Nick and Tony have a rocky past it appears that he you know Nick probably never approved of him being with Marie has called him a loser on more than one occasion because Tony's expecting it when it comes and you know is just kind of an all around creepy guy Mm -hmm. but Angela steps in and she says he is a wonderful housekeeper and a wonderful human being which was really sweet Mm -hmm. (laughs) the cats but then Nick Nick brought a gift for Angela or I'm sorry Samantha comes downstairs yeah so Samantha comes downstairs and um, he gives (laughs) I don't know what's happening with the cats. Through the kitchen. Um, Samantha comes downstairs and she's super excited to see him. Much like when Angela didn't think anyone wanted to see Michael when he returned and Jonathan right. was excited. That's Samantha's excitement for her grandfather. So she runs downstairs. They get, gives her a big hug and he gives her this box that he has and tells her to go upstairs and try it on. Right. So she immediately runs back upstairs yes. after just coming downstairs, takes right. the gift and runs upstairs. Right. Well, she's got to go try it on. I guess. Now Mona comes in and Nick is immediately taken with her. Right. Yeah. And he's, she's more in the age group. Right. Yes. And the actors were. Yeah. I mean, so if he he was probably 54 and um, Catherine Hellman was like 56, 57 at this yeah, point. Yeah. Yes. And she, he's like, you know, I'm Nick. And he, again, he's doing the whole thing about trying to show off his clothes and stuff. And Mona says, Oscar de la Renta. Right. <laughs> so for those of you who do not know who Oscar de, de la Renta is, do you know? Well, I just know he's a fashion designer, yeah, or was a fashion designer. Yeah, he's he's known away. professionally as Oscar De La Renta, was a Dominican fashion designer. Um, and he, I mean, that's really it. He was just mm. a fashion designer, made fancy suits, fancy right. expensive suits. But it's funny that Nick has no idea. Right. Like, they can recognize the suit. Nick has no idea. Right. It's kind of that play kind of on, like, is, but. new money, old money. So, you know, where people who have money often will think that people who come into money are still uncouth or, you know, and I think they're kind of playing on that. So where, like, Nick's come into some money, but he's still Nick and right. has, you know, no, no idea, idea as to what 
um, expensive things are, unless he just wants to show them off. Yes. So Samantha comes downstairs in a mink coat, and that was the gift from Grandpa. And everyone's pretty, like, impressed that she's, well, I would say Mona and Angela are pretty surprised and impressed that she's wearing a mink coat. Yeah, yeah. Tony, not so much. And he says to Nick, like, don't you think this is a little too expensive for a child? And Nick's like, yeah, it's a lot expensive. But Nick's kind of... Once again, bragging about how he's rich. Yeah. So Nick's kind of manipulating Tony by saying, well, then you go tell her that she can't have it. And Tony doesn't. Now, the next day, which I'm assuming is Sunday, because it looks like he got there on Saturday. Okay. uh, And then... Samantha's trying to stay home from school the next day mm-hmm. to because Grandpa said that they can go to the racetrack and hang out. And Tony's going to teach her how to gamble. Right. <laughs> He's teaching totally a 12-year-old. Normal. Yeah, absolutely appropriate. And Tony's like, no way you're going to school. So again, Tony's trying to get rid of the kids so that he can talk to Nick about whatever's going on and says, okay, kids, go into the kitchen because I made brownies. So the kids go in the kitchen, (laughs) and Tony's like, Mm. you know, what's going on? And you don't want Samantha's not staying home from school. Now, around right about now, a man rings the doorbell and Mm. says that he's there to talk to Nick. And Tony gets it, and the guy's like, I'm, you know, we need to settle his affairs. And Nick doesn't want to have this conversation in front of Tony, so he asks the man to go outside. Now, the character's name, which is it's interesting because this guy is barely on, but he has a full name of Thomas Retain. Mm. And um, the actor's name is Julian Christopher. I looked him up, and he is an extensive character actor and still working today. Oh, really? Yeah, his latest, oh, he's um, on like four episodes of that TV series Upload that just came out. On, is that on Hulu or Amazon Prime? One of those. I don't know. Um he was in a, he's in a million little things, uh, which is a popular show. When calls the heart, um, lots of stuff. So he's a million, been a, a million little things. Is that the one we started? Yeah, okay. I don't think we ever. We're we not did. caught up on it, no. but yeah, he was so in one episode of the X Files reboot, um, which I love the X Files, but the reboot I don't love. That's for another <laughs> podcast for another time. So yes, so he's worked extensively for. Years, yeah. And never mind the fact this guy showed up to Angela's house. I know. How did he find knowing that, right, that Nick was there? That Nick was there. I may, well, so as we find out as Nick goes outside, and we see that little bench area that's mm-hmm. never utilized, yeah. um, it's possible that Nick had to tell this guy where he was going to be so that they could come get him. So maybe. Oh, that's a good point. So see, there. You always know. <laughs> I was uh, telling your friend earlier this evening that I could teach a college course on these, the podcast, the episodes that we've yeah, watched up till he, now because right, he's we under, have to watch them so closely. Yeah. Um, okay, so. He's paroled, not paroled, but he's expected to. Yes, yeah, so Nick is going to be turning himself in to go to prison within a couple of weeks. So that's why he's there. That's why he wants to spend as much time as he possibly can with Samantha. And when he's outside, they're kind of going over like, What's going to happen? And he, um, Thomas says, you know, with good behavior, you'll be out in three years. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Now, um, inside, the kids come back out of the kitchen and they're like, there are no brownies in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) You tricked us. And Tony's like, there absolutely were brownies in the kitchen. And Angela comes out and says, I ate them all. Yeah. And Tony's like, you ate 26 brownies? Yeah, 26 brownies she ate. (laughs) In one sitting, just sat there and ate 26 brownies. She said that they were small, but that still would be more than 12 large brownies. Yes. Still a lot of brownies. So now this kind of continues Angela's previous fudge habit that we learned about in Sorority Sister. And this is going to be carried through the series of Angela having a sweet tooth, especially for chocolate and especially for brownies. 26. Now, um, Nick comes back inside Mm -hmm. and Tony's like, okay, Daddy Warbucks, I don't want you taking Samantha out of school. If you're here, that's fine. You can see her on the weekends and the holidays 
And Nick's like, I don't have that much time. And he's starting to get upset. And Tony's trying to figure out what's going on. And Nick's like, I just, you know, I can't really get the words out. Right, he's like, I'm going to, I can't right. talk about it. He wants to tell Tony the truth, but he's struggling. Now, Tony, seeing that Nick is having a tough time with this, assumes that this means he has two weeks to live and is going to die. And Nick just goes with it. Because it's <laughs> yeah. way better than saying he's got to like go to he prison. Re- as, he's, as Tony says, that he's, re- he's putting pieces together realizing yeah this is a wait a minute yeah yeah this is a much better deal than going to die is much better than telling the family <laughs> right. you're going to prison right is and the lesson learned getting thrown here. out here right. any minute now right so tony promises to give nick the best two weeks of his life mm. he calls him dad he sets him up on the couch he's plumping the pillows around him under his feet yeah nick pulls out a cigar and Tony just happens to have a lighter in his pocket. Which makes no sense, <laughs> but whatever. We've never seen Tony Mincelli smoke. It's not anyone's birthday, so it's not like he needs to light candles. Like, how does he just randomly have well, a lighter in his pocket? My thought is, he's the housekeeper. He's got to walk around maybe once in a while and light a candle. You gotta oh, be, maybe. you got to be prepared. Start the fireplace at any moment if Angela's you chilled. Never, yeah, right. he is the housekeeper. All right. Like to, I don't know. That's the only thing I came up with. <laughs> Either that or Tony is a secret smoker and we right. have no idea. Yes. Maybe he had a, a weed habit that or no one better. ever knew yeah, about. Marijuana problem. Yeah. So, um, and then Nick just lights up a cigar in the middle of Angela's living room, which apparently doesn't seem to bother Angela at all. So no, I guess that's just dying. an 80s thing. But she doesn't know that yet. Right, so, eventually. Yeah, yeah. So Angela comes in and Tony's like, I need to take him to the kitchen to talk to you about something because he's told Nick at this point that he can stay there for the full two weeks. He wants to, now he has to talk to Angela and make sure it's okay. <laughs> yes. Angela <laughs> thinks she's about to be <laughs> scolded for eating all the brownies. So they go into like the kitchen. Like a child, <laughs> once again. <laughs> yeah. And um, now... If you watch this scene again, I want you to take a close look at the kitchen. And I know it's a kitchen that we've all seen before. But the layout of the kitchen yeah. is the refrigerator, a small cabinet space, yes, a swinging the door, door, more cabinets. Way more cabinets. Right? Three more cabinets, I think. And then a wall that you sometimes see when they're has, um, in front of the other cabinet. That has pictures on it. Right, yeah. So take a mental note of that. <clears throat> yeah, you're going to need that for later in this episode. So while they're in the kitchen, she's like, "Like, I know I have an issue with chocolate, <laughs> but um, you know, I've got it under control. I went on a little bit of a feeding frenzy. Right. And Tony's like, this is not about you. This is about Nick. And she's like, Nick ate the brownies too? And he's like, no, Nick is dying. And <laughs> she's still not getting it. And she's like, she thinks he's dying because he ate the brownies. Right. And he's like, no, we're not talking about brownies. Nick is just dying. And I, you know, I need him to stay here. And we want to support him. And I need you to be strong about this. And he also says, you can't tell anyone because Nick doesn't want anyone else to know. And she's like, oh, sure. That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I, I will. Right. And then Mona walks in and... <laughs> Angela immediately <laughs> runs to Mona and says, oh, my God, mother. Right. Starts crying. And hugs. So here's my theory. I think Angela has PMS. Because she ate all the brownies <laughs> and she's really upset <laughs> and emotional. She, and yes. She ate a bunch of chocolate. She, like, doesn't have control over it. And then as soon as she sees Mona, she just starts crying. Yeah. And I, yes. I wouldn't know anything about that. Well, I would. And I, I'm going to call it. I think we're seeing <laughs> this is some little backstory that they I'm told still about Angela. <laughs> so they all go. He, Tony has to tell Aunt Mona and Angela the full story. They go into the living room. I love how they're all holding hands and they basically like want to tell Nick all together that he can stay and that they're going to do anything that he needs them to do. And Nick figures, oh, okay, well, Tony blabbed. And now you all know. And I love how he says, "Just I just want to be treated like any other house guest who's dying. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a book for that? Directions? 
So Mona asks if there's anything that she can do for him. Of course. Which uh, Nick basically says is sex in in all the way. Like, I like when he, he, first he asks if he can pay her a compliment. And that compliment is, you're one foxy Foxy old broad. Foxy old broad. (laughs) Which he thinks is a compliment. Yeah, that is not at all a compliment. I mean, she probably ate that up. I, yeah, I'm a she foxy actually old does. Bro. She does I mean, take it as a compliment. But think about like, f- just if he said foxy broad, still, you know what I mean? Oh, right. It's still, it's still not, not a, a compliment. But then he throws old in there. Right. So you're foxy old right. broad. Right. He's already calling her. So a broad. for an old lady, the only you're hot is what he said. <laughs> The only word that's not completely offensive is Foxy, but still coming from Nick, it's offensive. It's nothing good about that whole sentence. Now, Mona's playing coy, but she's kind of giving him the impression that she's going to mull this idea over. He wants to go put on a couple Victimone records and have sex, basically. (laughs) Now, what he wants from Tony is a full dinner cooked from scratch. (laughs) I, I um, try to take note of what it is. It's stuffed manicotti. Yeah. Which seems like stuffed shells, which our friend makes a lot. Um, it seems like a similar thing. Uh, sourdough. Oh, and he wants the pasta made from scratch. Sourdough bread made from scratch. Everything is made from scratch. Right. And his seafood marinara sauce made from scratch. That actually sounds gross to me. Yeah. The seafood. You lost me at seafood marinara. Like I would be... Okay with the rest of it. But what we learn here is the fact that he's had Tony's homemade cooking before. Oh, definitely. I mean, obviously. Yeah. So he's taking advantage of the situation. Right. He's like, yeah, I'm dying, by the way. Right. Make me (laughs) the seafood marinara. (laughs) And all that other stuff. And Tony's like, well, it's four o'clock now. If I start cooking, we'll be eating by 930. (laughs) Angela says, Angela offers to help. To which um, Tony says, make that 1030. Yeah. <laughs> poor Angela. It's poor. I know. Right. She's already got problems. She's, so, already, uh, emo- yeah. she's already emotional. Right. Exactly. It's already almost Shark Week for Angela. Leave her alone. <laughs> now, um, we see the dining room. Yes. For the first time. For the time. first time. Yes. Which I know we've watched this episode before and never noticed the dining room. I. Now I'm just way too dialed into the show. Yeah. And it's I'm, like, wait a minute, what is this room? <laughs> right. Like I was all like, I don't understand. And the dining room does pop in and out over this course of the series. And I'm going to be curious to see how it changes. So the reason why I wanted you to take note of the kitchen is because now in the dining room, when you look as Tony is walking from the yes. kitchen into the dining room. Proportionally. There between 4 p.m. and 9.30 they had a full remodel of the kitchen <laughs> yeah, because, because there is no longer cabinets. <laughs> yes, they removed a good amount of the kitchen to put in a dining room. Right. So now it's the swinging kitchen so door, a wall, and then the swinging door that goes out to the living room from the dining room. So yeah, if you were to no look sense. at this from the living room, it would just be two swinging doors right next to each other. And the kitchen is about half the size. So again, I guess when this show originally premiered, TVs were a lot smaller and you probably wouldn't have noticed that or they just didn't care because it's a sitcom and this is what they had to work with. But it's pretty fantastic when you see it now. I don't know. So it must be late because Jonathan's falling asleep. I know. I mean, my thing is here, even when as soon as Tony comes in the dining room, Jonathan's sleeping. Right. And they keep waking him up. (laughs) And I mean, maybe he's like carboloading. Like Aww. it's just way too many carbs right. for a little junk. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, his face after, is almost in the food. <laughs> after the stuffed manicotti. Now, if you look at the plates of food too, especially Jonathan, he has spaghetti. So either Tony was like, "Take your stuffed manicotti and shove it," or Jonathan just wanted spaghetti instead. Yeah, and then there's a shot where um, uh, Angela's wine is almost all gone. So maybe the the PMS is strong. <laughs> so now she's just mainlining now she's the wine. Moved on to drinking. Yeah. Listen, Angela, I feel you. I feel you. Okay. So, and there's also a nice fireplace in the dining yes, room, which is, is an interesting development. Um, and I love, okay. So when 
any shot of Nick, you need to look behind him and really look at this china cabinet. Oh, my gosh. Because, one, how many dishes do these people need? Like, so now we have a full china set that's on the shelves in the living room. Angela yeah, was... That's one. Angela was wiping down the red plates... And now there's, there's another full china cabinet full of dishes. But the red plates didn't seem like they fit in, no. in there, so... I don't know. They, I don't even know what those plates were. And then the other fantastic thing about the china cabinet behind Nick is the creepy faces. Mm. There's like a couple creepy dolls and a couple creepy faces. Yeah, just faces. Like, what's <laughs> like, going on back there? They, they needed to dress this, and they just did whatever they could. So now... Um, they're going through dinner. Jonathan's exhausted, and um, Angela's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and take him to bed." So she takes him upstairs, and Samantha's like, "Well, I guess I should go to sleep too because I have to go to school tomorrow." And Tony's like, "No, you don't. No, you don't. You can stay home. Right. Yeah, go with Grandpa to the racetrack and learn you know, how to gamble because now he really wants learn how to be a de- degenerate <laughs> gambler. Yeah. He really wants Samantha to be able to spend as much time with him." As he can. So she leaves and she takes, oh, she takes the guide to the racetrack, right? Doesn't he? Yeah, he pulls it out from under his plate. <laughs> oh, by the way, go take, study take up. your horses for right. a while. <laughs> so now we're going to get a little back story between Nick and Tony. And, you know. Which was good. Yeah. So Tony really, you know, he's like, we're well, going to have to tell Sam what's ha- going on. Nick doesn't want to talk about it. And Tony's like, you're going to have to deal with this, you know. And this is exactly what happened with us before. There was a time where we should have talked, and we didn't. And Tony says, when Marie died, you know, we really should have been there for each other. And we weren't. Mm -hmm. And Nick's like, well, you know, I lost my little girl, and I don't think that, I didn't really think that anybody else understood how, how that felt. You know, but Tony lost his wife, and he's saying... To him, you know, that he did, he did know what it it felt like. So it's, you know, we're seeing two men who obviously loved Marie very much in very different ways, but it would have been good for Tony to have him to lean on and good for Nick to have Tony to lean on. And it's interesting with this kind of storyline too, because, you know, we meet Tony years after his wife died. So like those wounds are not obviously as deep but like someone losing their wife yeah when having a young child has to be like completely devastating but do we know how much longer after he lost the wife that he leaves brooklyn there there's no yeah the the timeline is kind of blurry yeah and i'm kind of curious to see if we can figure she die and then he's like get in the van we're out of here you know, I don't think so, birth. no. But I, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, yeah. Do, we never, we don't ever know. And like, as the series goes on, there's also kind of like time ha- timeline loopholes as to, they're not really clear as to when he played baseball and when he was married to Marie and mm-hmm. when he, when she died. Um, I mean, Marie must have been gone for a while because he's been making out with somebody almost every other episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think Marie died when Samantha was about six. Okay. So I think by the time... Um, they move to Connecticut. She's been gone for about five, okay. six years. Yeah. Um, but I'm not exact. And he, and I think they were supposedly childhood sweethearts, even though we meet other women from his past, from high school and stuff. So it seems like they got married pretty young, like around 18 or so. Because he had, they had to have had Samantha at like 19 because he's only 30 something at this point. Anyway. So... I thought that was a really sweet scene with them mm-hmm. kind of talking. And so Tony is saying that he's actually excited in a way that Nick and Marie will now be together again. Right. He's gonna, there's somebody that's going to be able to watch over her. Right. Um, you know, she, he can look out for her. They'll be in heaven together is what he's envisioning. And I think that's his way of kind of comforting Nick anyway. Right. But since Nick is not actually dying... <laughs> I yeah. think bringing his daughter into this conversation, he can't deal with the guilt. Like, he can't let Tony think that... Oh, that's a good observation. Yeah, that yeah. Nick's going to go and be with his wife and be with his daughter when he's not telling the truth. Right. So, 
he get he breaks down and basically says, you know, I'm not dying. But Tony thinks he's just not processing it. He's still in Excuse denial. Me, I read the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I read the book. You're in what, denial. What book? What book did he read? Oh, he probably read this Five Stages of Grief. There is a book, and I, I can't remember what all this stages. It's funny, like all this time making a full Italian dinner from scratch. Right. Don't have yeah. time to read the book. <laughs> I don't think he read it right then, but he probably was something okay. that he read, well, like when fair. Marie died or something. I guess. Yeah. So that's, all right, I'll take that. Oh yeah. So he just knows what the. Um, I thought he read it from the time that he said he was going to die. Right. Nick said he was going to die to dinner. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I read the book. He maybe put on the audio book. Okay. But back then, it would have just been a bunch I'd of audio cassettes in yeah, a walk. record player. Yeah. He would have had to go to the library, check it out. <laughs> cassettes. So Nick's like, no, I'm not dying. I'm going to prison. And The slammer. Right. The joint. <laughs> yeah. The big house. And this is where we get the, oh, hey. Hey, oh. Right. Yes. yes. Angry Tony is here now. So... Tony's mad. He's like, I, you, right. Yeah. Yeah. The backwards one. Mm -hmm. Um, so Tony's mad. He's mad at himself for letting himself Mm -hmm. get duped again. He's, (laughs) I love it. And he says, I can't believe I actually hugged you. Yuck. (laughs) Yuck. (laughs) Um, so Tony wants him to get out and Nick's like, does this mean I don't get any Zabayon? Oh, I'm glad you said it. Not me. Yeah. Zabayon. I have no idea if I'm saying it right, but I'm trying. I wrote it out what I thought I heard when he said it. Okay, so did you look? Now this is a, an Italian dessert. And according to the Almighty Wikipedia, um, Zab- what is it? Zabayon. Zab- Zab- Zabayon um, <laughs> is an Italian dessert, sometimes a beverage made with egg yolks, sugar. And a sweet wine. Nice. Yeah. Some versions incorporate spirits such as cognac. Okay. So um, it sounds fancy. It sounds like what I wanted an egg cream to be. <laughs> yeah. I think this it does. Because sounds... an egg cream has no eggs. Right. Nor cream. Nor cream. <laughs> it's so, just some weird soda water. Um, and it can be served with strawberries, blueberries, peaches, etc. And a champagne. I'm going to mess this up. Coupe. C O U P E. Yeah, I don't know what it it must be. Some it's a form of a champagne glass. It has to be. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's like the um the big the wide, flat champagne glass as opposed to the small flute. Yes, and it says that the dessert is popular in Argentina and Uruguay, where it is known as sambayon. Oh okay. And that's all I got. Yeah, so this is a dessert that he was really looking forward to that Tony must make well, really sounds well. good. It's something you would like, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, you would eat absolutely. That so for Tony being such a loser to this guy, he really does enjoy his cooking. Yeah, I made that. <laughs> so, I mean, let alone all the other homemade uh, things uh, that he made. He bread made, yeah, pasta. pasta yeah. And so Tony's like, yes, get out. I don't want to see you again. You're out of here. Now, Angela comes in as Nick is leaving, and he says, I'm history. <laughs> All right, Angela, I'm history. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a very <laughs> odd scene, and it's almost ad-lib looking. Yeah, and Angela thinks this means that he's going to the hospital because he's about to die. Right, this is it. Right, <laughs> they're just going to let him go to the hospital all by himself. And Tony's like, no, he's been lying to us, and he's actually going to prison. And when Angela seems confused as to what he's saying, he then says... The slammer, the joint, <laughs> the big house. I like that they, that, in, that comes around. Right. <laughs> and in case you didn't understand what prison was. I guess that's how you say it in Brooklyn. Right. Yes. All of absolutely. those. The slammer, the joint, and or the big house. Now, Tony's mad at himself for believing Nick and Angela. You know, he's like, we were finally getting along and we were talking and now this happens. And so... Angela kind of encourages him to continue to talk to him Mm -hmm. because he's not dying now, but someday he is going to die. And if they continue to let all this stuff be unsaid, then he's going to feel bad in the end anyway. And she kind of interestingly takes the side of Nick saying that, you know, he was so embarrassed about the idea of going to prison that he would rather them think he was going to be dead. 
And we also find out that the reason why he had so much money was mm-hmm. because he was selling auto parts, but they were stolen. So my question is, how you did could he... Fry, s- fry eggs on them. Right. Yeah, they were so hot. You, you could, could fry, fry eggs, eggs on them. them. Now, I'm... He must have bought all this stuff before, because would he still have all the money he had from stealing from people before Mm. he's going to prison? But whatever. I think he's just running up credit cards or something. Probably. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Just a guess. Tony kind of takes Angela's advice and goes in and talks to him. Um, And he's like, you know, you are slime, but unfortunately you are family slime. Family slime. Yeah. We all have family slime, I right. think. And, you know, Nick, again, says, like, he kind of, you know, didn't want Tony and Sam to think badly about him for going to prison. And Tony's like, why do you care what I think? You think, what do you, why do you care what I think about you? You're the one that's always been calling me a loser. Right. And that I wasn't yes. good enough for Marie. And Nick's like, no one was good enough for Marie. And Tony agrees. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know... We both agree on that, that they both loved her very deeply. And as much as Nick may not have thought that a baseball playing guy from Brooklyn was going to be good enough for his daughter, he knows how much Tony loved Marie. So they make up. And yeah, and then he, he eventually says to that, he essentially says that nobody was good enough for Marie, but that Tony came pretty close. Oh, yes. Which right. is his way of say saying, yes. you were good enough. But right. he would never admit it. Right. And your cooking is awesome. Right. And then Tony asks him, are you ready for some Zambayon? Whatever <laughs> yes. that, that word Yes. So now Tony... Because you can't let that go to waste. It no. It like I, it's not easy to make. Uh, yeah. None of that sounded easy to make. Yeah. So, yeah. They're in the kitchen enjoying the last of the Zabayon Zabayon, by themselves is Tony and Nick and Nick is disgustingly scooping it out of the glasses with his finger (laughs) I know it's so gross it's hard to watch and Nick's like this is it I'm an honest man from here on out I'm not gonna steal I'm not gonna lie like I'm gonna live on the straight and narrow until Mona enters the kitchen I know, but before that, you notice in the scene when he's done running his finger through his cup or whatever, right, yeah. wine glass, whatever that is that has the dessert in it, he grabs Tony <laughs> yes. and then runs his finger through it and starts <laughs> yeah. licking his finger, which is what Tony was using to run his spoon. And it's also uh, gross. I know, it's it is very gross. <laughs> but then proceeds to talk to Mona. Yeah. Go ahead with so, what you were saying. So, no. Mona wasn't at dinner, and I think it's because she was sitting in her apartment debating whether or not she was going to have, gonna have the intercourse with Nick. With Nick. <laughs> like maybe I should give this man his last dying right. wish, yes, and just have sex with him. Yeah, and but it's like it's, it's funny completely reasonable. I mean, and but like, why is Mona choosing now to be choosy? Like, it seems like Mona is absolutely the type of person that would have sex with the man just because he was dying know, to give I mean, him his last dying wish. Nick. Yeah. That's yeah, true. I guess. I don't yeah, know. he's no. Um, Makes a hard sell. Almanzo from the Little House on the Prairie, yeah, like right. her previous boyfriend. So, she has decided that she cannot deny a man his last dying wish, and is going to go ahead and sleep with him. Uh, yeah. Now Tony's like, "Hang on, Nick. I mean, we just talked about this, and you're gonna live on this. You know, you're not lying anymore." All right. All right. <laughs> And he's like, can I start it tomorrow? And then they freeze. So we're never going to know. Like, Tony had to have told Mona. He's not going to let her do this under false pretenses. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, if she still wants to have sex with him, good for her, good for them. Go have a great time. But she should have all the information before she makes (laughs) it. Before she gives herself up to Nick. (laughs) Before she makes that decision. Because Nick's kind of gross. Not going to lie. No, yes. I just—it's kind of ridiculous. Yes, nothing against James Coco, but no, but I've never—I remember I wasn't excited to rewatch this episode at all because I just never liked the ones with her grandfather on them because he was kind of—he yeah, was always kind of a, a slime. slime ball. But watching this now, I realize that I—I I did appreciate it and enjoy it more than I thought I would. All right. So let's just go straight to the rating then. Okay. Um. Okay, I'll go first. So, with that said, 
I still would only give this a 6.5 because it's not one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, it has good parts. I really like the backstory that we get more about Tony. And I enjoyed the, um, you know, the, the history between him and Nick. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the storyline's just kind of whatever. And Nick's super annoying and the whole, like pretending to be rich and always calling Tony a loser and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was kind of tired, so. No, I agree with that. I would gi- I'd give it a seven. Um, yeah. I did like the backstory. I liked, um, you learn more about Mar- Marie, right? It's yeah, Marie. Marie. <laughs> you learn more about Marie and how they both, you know, he was the father and Tony was married to her. And so they kind of connect or bond on that level. <clears throat> and I like that we got that part of the story. But, yeah, overall, it wasn't a ter- terrific episode. Yeah. Um, I did like that we saw the Bizarro dining room. Yes, That true. made no sense and <laughs> impeded into the kitchen. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, other than that, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm going with a seven. Okay, yep, solid. I agree. Now, yes, I, I am, I love seeing these little portions of, like rooms that you don't normally see yeah, on these sets, yeah. like when they show the bedrooms and stuff. That mm-hmm. stuff is always so interesting to me. And we still haven't seen Angela's office. That will show up at some point. We do eventually, yeah. Yeah, right. and we're going to have to keep an eye on this dining room because I feel like it's going to morph. Yeah, I feel, and I feel like it comes back and, and it's probably different. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We'll know because we're watching every single episode. <laughs> Who's the boss around here? Me? Or my mother? Or maybe it's you! I think that the boss is Tony. Oh, okay. Hands down. All right, let me hear why. Uh, because he... I mean, it, it was a difficult It was a difficult decision. I, I molded over for hours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just... I, I feel like when Tony went back and forth with Nick and he had, you know... It believed he was dying and then did all that stuff for him. And then even when he told me he was going to pray, I mean, he still kind of, I don't want to say forgave him, but I don't know. I just feel like Tony was still kind of running things with Nick. And yeah, I can see that in the end, still made the right decisions, right. I guess. Okay. I went with Angela. Okay. Interesting. Because... She invited him to dinner. She convinced Tony to like, you know, she's like, okay. you, you love family. She ate all the brownies. She <laughs> Listen, and drank all the wine. We've got to be nice to Angela this she week. She drank she's, all the wine. She's having a rough week. Um, she's probably a little bloated. So, yeah. And then, you know, when Tony again kind of exploded and wanted to kick him out, she kind of reeled him oh, that's back true. in. Okay. Yeah. That's calmed good. him down. Good And like sent him back out there to make amends. Yeah. So, good. yeah. So, I, w- I mean, I, I, I can, I totally see your point with Tony too. And he, you know, I think he really. Like he kept it together for he, all he what, did. The, what he went through with yeah. him. this bozo. <laughs> trying to have sex with Mona. And- <laughs> Putting sweet and low in his wine. Yeah, what the heck is going on here? Bringing mink coats to the house. Right, and pretending he's rich. Yeah. He just came in and almost took over. Right. Yes, that, I mean, and we're going to see that again. So, like I said earlier, James Coco will play Nick Milano in two more episodes of Who's the Boss for the next couple of seasons. And hopefully we'll get to see them if they don't take them down (laughs) off of streaming. We'll see. We're going to figure this out. Fingers crossed. So that's it. We've hit the end. All right. Now, next week. No, why? Why? Okay, next time we are going to review Just Like Tony. Do you remember this episode? No. Yeah, well, I you probably won't by the time. title. but So it's when Jonathan starts picking up some of Tony's bad habits and oh, Angela no. gets mad at him. At I Tony don't for remember it. this, but it's I'm looking key. forward to it now. Yes. So I feel like. Have we really had a Jonathan-centric episode yet? No, no, no way. Yeah, so this will be exciting. This like will be Jonathan's just... probably in 30 seconds of every episode. I know, Maybe yeah. a minute. I feel like they, and that only gets worse as the series goes on. So yeah. this will be good. I'm interested to see this one. All right, well, thank you very much. You can reach us at Who's the Boss Podcast on Instagram. Send us a message or... 
just comment on one of our posts on anything you want us to hear us talk about or anything we got wrong. And if you have any information on that dining room leading into the kitchen, please let us know. Was was an old uncle of yours a set dresser on Who's the Boss? Yeah, please. something. <laughs> if anybody wants to leave us a voicemail, yeah. feel free. <laughs> yes, have your uncle leave us a voicemail or, or, or anything, or you. Um, yes, yeah, so, and if you do want to leave us a voicemail, you can go to anchor.fm slash WTB podcast okay what's our song um it's it you know what it's complicated i don't know <laughs> i mean i do know but it says here it's the who's the boss instrumental mm-hmm. and it's kind of like this weird version of it but it just says it's 42 slash 11 video and i don't know what that means all right that's well, who posted I'll, I'll put a link to it so they can look so, and yeah you can see decide for, for yourself but it's kind of an interesting <laughs> version of the song all right cool if you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell all your friends and give you a big pat on the back. Mm-hmm.